we're in Revelation chapter 5, and I believe in miracles. I'm going to try to do the whole chapter today. I'm going to hit some high points, and I'm going to talk fast. I said, you know, I had the great opportunity Wednesday night to be in my brother, uh, my brother uh, church in Justin, in um, Justin Harvey in uh, St. Croix. Uh, well, it's in, it's in Calus. It's called Calvary Chapel of St. Croix. And now, because just the way God works, he's, this great luminary is here among us. I shouldn't say, I shouldn't tease. Uh, he's not a tease guy. I mean, I don't tease him very often. Oh, he's, he's tougher than, you know, boiled owl. He can take it. But I just say from the heart, it's, you know, uh, he's here. And that's a, a great thing. Great. Uh, he, he just teaches faithfully. And he's a, he's a, he's a Bible teacher, a gospel preacher, and a, and a good brother. And a, and he's brought his boys here. Uh, his, his posse. He's going to Portland tonight. He's got ministry tonight down in uh, Calvary Chapel, Greater Portland uh, area. Is that the name of Greater Portland? I think so. At Travis Carey's church. So he's going to be, uh, you know, breaking the bread of life there for them boys tonight. So, you know, you might you want to pray about that. Uh, so we're in Revelation chapter 5. And... Uh, we're very familiar with this text if you've gone to church any time. I, very often when I have communion, this, this is the text I read from. Now I have a chance to exposit it. And I'm just going to pray. I, I prayed last week. I went to Charlie Brown, the, you know, chapter 4, and I kind of felt like I didn't get good wood on the ball. And I don't know, you know, God, let God do what he wants with his word. And I'm sorry for my limits, you know, I'm, just not the most cerebral best teacher we all know that but i you know but god can do miraculous things and i lean hard on the holy spirit let's do that now let's lean in on god and pray for his blessing lord if i thought this was um depending on my wit and wisdom to be able to break the bread of life in a way that would bless us i i simply wouldn't do this um I have, I don't trust in the flesh. I trust in you. You know, people have confidence in the flesh. I, I, your word says that's a foolish thing. Lord, I, I pray that you would give us a picture of Jesus Christ exalted, glorified, lifted up. This is, we feel, one of the high points in the book. And Lord, pray that it would be a high point, a blessing to each one of us as we as we look into the things you've prepared for us this morning. We ask it in Jesus' name. I'm going to read. We'll get the reading listening blessing right away, right? Uh, chapter 5. I saw on the right hand of him that sat on the throne a book written within and on the backside sealed with seven seals. And I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice, Who is worthy to open the book and to loose the seals thereof? And no man in heaven, nor in earth, neither under the earth was able to open the book, neither looked thereon. And I wept much, because no man was found worthy to open and to read the book, neither looked thereon. And one of the elders saith unto me, Weep not, behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, hath prevailed to, uh, prevailed to open the book, and loose the seals thereof. And I beheld, and lo, in the midst of the throne and of the four beasts, and in the midst of the elders stood a lamb, as it had been slain, having seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God, sent forth into all the earth. And he came and took the book out of the right hand of him and sat on the throne. And when he had taken the book, the four beasts and four and twenty elders fell down before the lamb, 
having every one of them harps and golden vials full of odors, which are the prayers of saints. And they sung a new song, saying, Thou art worthy to take the book and to open the seals thereof, for thou wast slain and hast redeemed us to God by thy blood out of every kindred and tongue and people and nation, and hast made us unto our gods kings and priests, and we shall reign on the earth. And I beheld, and I heard the voice of many angels round about the throne, and the beasts and the elders, and the number of them was ten thousand times ten thousand, and thousands of thousands, saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb that was slain to receive power, and riches, and wisdom, and strength, and honor, and glory, and blessing, and every creature which is in heaven, and on the earth, and under the earth, and such as are in the sea, and all that are in them, heard I saying, Blessing and honor and glory and power be unto him that sitteth upon the throne and unto the Lamb for ever and ever. And the four beasts said, Amen. And the four and twenty elders fell down and worshipped him that liveth for ever and ever. Now chapter 6, we won't go there, but I, I just want to read a couple of verses. When I saw the Lamb open one of the seals, and that's where we're going, and I heard, as it were, the noise of thunder, one of the four beasts saying, Come and see. And I saw, and behold, a white horse, and he that sat on him had a bow, and a crown was given unto him. And he went forth to conquer, uh, went forth conquering and to conquer. And when he had opened the second seal, I heard the second beast say, Come and see. And there went out another horse that was red. So there's death, there's mayhem, there's destruction, there's the introduction of the Antichrist, the four horse, famed four horsemen of the apocalypse. That's the opening of the seals. Let's go back to chapter 5. Uh, chapter 4, verse 1 and 2, the rapture of the church after the church age of chapter 2 and 3. The church is in heaven. John sees some things. He tries to, uh, he saw the throne. Uh, he tries to describe him that was on the throne, verse 3. He, he, he was like a jasper, a, a diamond, and he was like a sardius stone to look upon. And it was a rainbow. Uh, an emerald rainbow round about the throne, and he tries to describe the the thunderings and the and the voices and the seven lamps burning before the throne of God. And so we were there last week, and hopefully you remember that. We can't if if we just you know go and re-examine that and pray. We're not going to get very much farther than that. So now building on that, chapter four and five are really there's no chapter division when it was originally written. We know that. So it's still extension of the same scene. And I saw on the right hand of him. Now he's being to, God is 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 he's light. Okay, that's what that's how John describes him. By the way, that's good. That that stops us from idolatry, right? Try to build a statue of light, even in your mind. I, I think a mental image is is as bad in my thinking as a carved image. Now some people will, I'll get pushback on that fine. I don't try to picture Father God. I, I think that anything that my imagination would come up with would be a, a very poor reflection. I think that would be, in my own thinking, idolatry. And so here we're, we're, we're treated to a scene. What does it look? He's like a diamond. Uh, it's like a, you know, he's like a sardius stone. But he has a right hand, okay? Does he, God really have a right hand? Was that just an anthropomorphism? explaining God in human terms so we can understand? I don't know. I mean, I, I don't, there's some things here. We, you know, we're just going to shrug our shoulders and say, I, 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 don't, I don't know. Is God like a man? Well, we're creating his image, but we all look different. Does he look like us? I don't think Jesus Christ does. 
the, the second person of the Trinity not only is like a man, he is a man. We'll get th- we'll get there. But God the Father apparently has a, something assemble assembles the right hand. He's on the throne, and he has this book written within and on the backside, sealed with seven seals. This is none other than the title deed of the earth. It's all paper, papyrus is beaten down smooth. It's only written on one side. The verso, you wouldn't write, it's rough. You wouldn't write on that unless the legal document is sealed. And what was written on the back is, this is how you can open this document and this event. And what the document says inside. Like, what, is it a will? Is it a, is it a, is it a, you know, uh, whatever. Whatever legal document it is. And, these are the, and this is the conditions of how it can be opened. Well, this is none other than the title deed of the earth because we understand from its opening, this is Jesus Christ redeeming, bringing back the world to himself. Now, he's redeemed it by his blood. This is him acquiring it. He, he's, he's taking it to himself. Is Jesus Christ the God of this world? Yeah, but right now, there's, a, there's another God of this world. Jesus called him uh, the God of this world. Um, Paul called him the power of the prince of the air, talking about Satan. You remember from the temptation, Satan took Jesus up to his high lofty mountain and said, see, see all the kingdoms of the world, I'll give them to you. All you got to do is bow down and worship me. Jesus would have none of that, of course. But he didn't dispute Satan's claim. Man was created by God and given dominion. He says, here, it's all yours. Go ahead, have dominion over everything. Sin came, Adam sinned, mankind and creation fell, and Satan inherited. Jesus on the cross, and then by his resurrection, redeemed it to himself, but hasn't taken possession of it yet. How do you know that? Look at the world. And people all the time, they complain, they say, oh, look at all this, if this this God, why is all this, all what? War? God said, don't kill. He, he, he didn't say go to war. I, you know, uh, there's racism. Yeah, I know. God said, don't hate. I mean, we have rules, and if we follow his rules, it would be a wonderful place. What's the problem? We're not following any of his rules. Because there's drugs, there's alcohol, there's divorce, there's mayhem, there's, there's violence, there's sex trafficking, there's all manner of evil. And God has rules against that. Hey, don't commit adultery. Don't kidnap. Don't whatever. And we do this, and then we turn around and blame God for what we do. I never have understood that. And that's proof that God doesn't exist, by the way. Yeah, okay. I'm not buying it. You haven't convinced me. So so what happens when Jesus has it his way, by the way? We'll get to it in chapter 20. It's going to be awesome, but we'll have to, if I start talking about that now, we're not going to get very far. Okay, so he's got this this is the title of the earth. Now, it says book. Think of it as a scroll, because we don't have books at this time. I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice, who is worthy to open the book and loose the seals thereof? Who can redeem the earth? Is basically the question. And no man in heaven, nor on earth, nor under the earth was able to open the book and either look thereon. There's people only in three places. They're on the earth, they're under the earth, hell. That, is that a euphemism for hell, or is that where hell physically is? I don't know. You debate, we could debate that. And in heaven, those are, we're in heaven, hell, or earth. That's all the places where mankind is. Okay? And we check all those places, and who can open the book? Who can look? 
and I wept much because no man was found worthy to open the book and to read the book, neither looked thereon. So what's the problem? Why are you crying? John, get a grip. What's the issue here? I can't see what's in the book, and I'm all upset about that. No, no, he understands this. And if you're not, and by the way, the language here is wet much, sobbed convulsively. If you're not sobbing convulsively, either you know the rest of the story, you don't understand what's going on. Because what John knows that we don't know is if no one's able to redeem the earth, it's always going to be this way, except for us. There's always going to be wars, and there's always going to be racism. We're always going to have to keep an eye on our children so that they're not, that sexual predators don't kidnap them and use them for nefarious ends. And it's never going to get better. And there's always going to be war. And there's always going to be hatred. And there's always going to be suicide bombings and drive-by shootings and every nasty thing you can think of. It's always going to happen. And it's never going to get any better. I think, boy, thanks, Adam. I feel much better now. Well, it's going to get better. Jesus takes the book and all heaven breaks loose. Listen, no one's found worthy. There's going to be an exception, okay? That's, the, that's chapter 5 of Revelation. No one's found worthy. Now, you add all the great religious leaders of the day. Adam, stack them on top. But this angel seems to think none of them are going to meet the task. None of them redeem the earth. And by the way, I agree with this great angel, okay? Uh, I, I, you say, well, that's very one way of you. Yes, I agree. Uh, no apologies, by the way. I don't apologize for the word of God. Just proclaim it. He, God doesn't want editors. He wants proclaimers. One of the elders saith unto me, weep not. By the way, I know some people talk about being an elder. This is what elders do. This is who elders are. They see the weeping one. They see the one who is in need. They see the one who has problems. And they run to him. And the answer is Jesus in every situation. I was talking to somebody, even just today, even before church. People come up, hey, what about this, and what about this, what about this? Well, the Bible says, and the answer is Jesus. I, I don't care what the, what the problem is. <laughs> the answer is Jesus, okay? I, I'm just saying, I've, I've been around the Bible a long time. I know that. And then when they say, yeah, but, uh, I got nothing. You, oh, so so here's the Bible, this, it, it's easy. It's like shooting fish in a barrel easy to apply the Bible to this situation. I mean, it really is. I, there's nothing new. You're not going to come up with a question that's going to stump me. Like, oh, I've never thought of that in all my 61 years. Nobody's ever asked that question before. And if I'm asking, acting sarcastic, because I'm, I'm trying to tell you that, I, I, I've heard it. I've seen it. I've, I have understood it. And I have a verse for it. And then if you trump with, oh, I don't know, and try to explain why you're the unique, and it's not going to work for you. Okay. I, I get nothing else. This is what the Bible says. This is the answer. Jesus is the answer. I don't even care what the question is. I know the answer is Jesus. The elder says, look, weep not. You know why? Because Jesus is the answer, and he points people. This is what elders do. They point people to Jesus Christ. And here he's, he's the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David. Now, I'm not going to develop that much. Jesus comes from Judah. He's a king. He's the lion of the tribe of Judah. Okay, you want to read a lot about that? Look in, well, all through the Bible, notably in um, Genesis chapter 49. That's where we first understand Jesus is coming from that tribe. And is Jesus a lion? Is Jesus the king of, of all? Yes. He's the lion of the tribe of Judah. He's the root of David. 
He's the offspring of David. He's also the root of David. We know that. Again, we can develop that, but we won't get very far elsewise. He's the root of David, and he hath prevailed to open the book and loose the seals thereof. It's not going to be that way forever. When you say, war is bad. You know, uh, uh, people die. Scores and, and dozens and hundreds and thousands of people. One bomb, one ship sink, hundreds of people, thousands of people die. War is bad. Uh, are we going to have war forever? Listen, Jesus is going to come to this earth. He's going to rule and reign for a thousand years. The world is not being governed by Jesus Christ. You say, well, it should be. Well, he's given us rules again, but he's given us also free will. When he is here, he rules and reigns for a thousand years. There's no poverty. Every man under his vine, under his fig tree. There's no war. People will beat their uh, swords into, into, into uh, plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Neither will they learn war anymore. Uh, it, it will be Edenic. It will be, when, when God has it all his way, it's perfect. Okay? I, I just, I, you have to understand that. Uh, and so that's the reason for, hey, don't weep. Remain calm, breathe, Jesus. Uh, he's prevailed. And I beheld, okay? Now he's going to see this lion, right? He's going to, and lions are scary, right? Uh, I beheld, and lo, in the midst of the throne of the four beasts, in the midst of the elders, stood a lamb. And then, by the way, it means little lamb. As though it had been slain. Not only is it a little lamb, it looks like it had been butchered. It looks like it has, it has the marks of sacrifice on it. Wow. Jesus still bare his wounds. Do you remember after his resurrection and his new resurrected body, he says to Thomas, hey Tom, come on over here, check out my wounds, check out my hands, check out my feet, put your hand on my side. Jesus, is that healed up by now? I don't think so. This verse tells us Jesus still has those wounds. I think he wears them like a crown. I think he's very, if I say proud, he's aware of his accomplishments. And I think it's a, it's a testimony to us. The only man-made things in heaven are the scars of Jesus Christ, as far as I know. So I, I beheld, and lo, in the midst of the throne of the four beasts, and of the midst of the elders, so the lamb is that had been slain. And this lamb, now he's going to describe what this lamb looks like, has seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God, sent forth into all the earth. Wow. Uh, a lamb has no horns. This one has seven horns. We've talked about this, and it shouldn't surprise us. Seven, the number of completion. Horns in Scripture, all the way through, is symbolic of power. What is seven horns? All powerful. Is Jesus Christ omnipotent? Well, of course he is. He's God. Yeah, he, yeah he's, he's all powerful. By the way, last week I was trying to portray, and I don't know if I got it. There's two kinds of people, basically, okay? Now, if I say this, and you don't fit in one of these categories, don't, don't yell, don't holler, don't get all upset, okay? Email me. I can be emailed at president.whitehouse.gov, okay? I'll, I'll read your email, okay? I'll, I'll get it all. Two kinds of people. People who don't know what's going on. And therefore very placid and happy, happy-go-lucky and unaware. And people who know what's going on are freaking out. I don't think Jesus wants us to be unaware. And I don't think Jesus wants us freaking out. 
And the scene in heaven should give us one. God's on the throne. He hasn't abdicated. I don't care what elections look like, election cycles. I don't care about any of that stuff. Every time we swing this way or that way politically and back and forth, we're crazy people. We go way over here, Ronald Reagan, okay? Way over here, uh, Obama. And, and I'm not trying to say anything disparaging. I'm just saying as people, we're, we explored it all. And, and so half of America freaks out when the other half... Don't freak out. Don't freak out. Uh, every day my mom says, do you know what they're doing? And she gives us me the Satan report. And her thinking is like, oh, and she's freaking out. I'm thinking like, don't freak out. Listen, God's on the throne. Nothing is rolling out that he's not aware of and okay with in the sense of like, I, I knew this. I knew this. Don't. What's going on in your personal life? What's going on in your situation? What's going on in your mayhem, sickness, Loss of job, loss of security, your relationships going south, everything going bad. Lean in on God. Trust God. I, listen, I can't say he'll never let me down. I think I can at this point. I can just say the last 41 years, every time I've said, hey, I need, this, I need help in this situation, he's always showed up and he's always helped me. He's always been faithful. He's never left me flapping in the breeze, not ever, not once. That's all. I, I, it's all the only testimony. I, by the way, anyone else? feel like that you can probably say amen at that point anyway okay he's he's good he's god he's our loving heavenly father i'm not i'm not saying everything's going to turn out the way you want i'm going to say everything's going to turn out the way he wants and he's on the throne he's omnipotent he's good he's all powerful here he's got seven seven uh horns uh he has seven eyes draw a picture of that okay but what he's what he's trying to what john's trying to get us to see he's all seeing, all-knowing. He's omniscient. He, he, there's nothing going on that he's not aware of. Like your, the plight that you find yourself in today. Is God aware of that? We have to pray and, and give him information. You know what's going on down here, God? And he's like, I didn't know that. I'm so glad you're telling me. Right? Said God never to no one ever. He, he's totally aware. He says that his thoughts for us are innumerable, more than the sand by the seashore. I don't think of me that, and I think of me quite a bit. I don't think of me that much. He does. Nothing's escaping his notice. Uh, is that a good thing or a bad thing? Well, depends what you're doing, right? But like I say, I'm going through it right now, Lord. You know, I'm really feeling this like pressure cooker. He's like, oh, I know, I know. Stay faithful, stay strong. I'm right here with you. Daddy's not going to let you drown. Thank you. Uh, it's a good thing to know. He's all seeing. He's all powerful. Those are that's a great combination. His eyes, the seven spirits, which are the seven spirits of God sent forth into all the earth. We talked about that last week. He came. He took the book out of the right hand of him that sat on the throne. Redeem the earth. Yep. Is he qualified? Is he willing? Is he able? Nobody else is. And he takes the, no, 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 it's going to be redeemed. It's not going to last like this. It's not going to go on like this forever. It's not going to get worse and worse. It's, uh, evil will be dealt with. Righteousness will be rewarded. And I'm going to even up all the scales. He took the right, the book out of the right hand of him and sat on the throne. And this is, like I say, all heaven erupts. When he had taken the book, the four and twenty 
The four beasts and four and twenty elders fell down before the Lamb, having every one of them harps and golden vials full of odors, which are the prayers of saints. You guys have burned incense? Some of you like it, some of you don't. I know, because everyone feels the same way. And if you left a place that was burning it, it's set on your clothes and it's infused everything. You smell it even when you don't smell it anymore. I mean, even when you're not in its presence. That's incense. Incense, scripturally, is typologically like our prayers. You know, there's an incense altar in the tabernacle later on in the temple. It's a place where, you know, they made this frank incense and they and they put it on and they burned it and it ascended to God and it was a picture of our prayers. Now, uh, what happens after your prayers, after you prayed them? It's like words. They, you speak them out and then they just evaporate. They're gone. Words aren't like that either. Every idle word you ever speak, you're going to give an account for, right? Scripture tells us that. What about what about prayers? After you prayed them, and you forgot all about it, you think God did? I'll give you an example. And this is I always think this is one of the biggest blessings in, in all the New Testament. Gabriel comes to um, John the Baptist's father, Zechariah. He's an old man, bowed down with age, Scripture tells us. And Gabriel says, hey, your prayer's been answered. He's like, yeah, what? You're gonna, your wife's going to have a baby. Um, have you checked her out? Like, she is like old, old, old. She ain't having no baby. And uh, I'm no spring chicken either. Uh, this ain't happening. Uh, and he's like, and Gabriel's like, hey, um, shut up. Oh, by the way, shut up. You ain't going to be able to talk until the baby's born. Because he didn't, like, you have trouble with angels lying to you or something? Your prayer's been answered. You think this 60, 70... This, I dare I say, 80-year-old man is praying for a child? You really think so? Because I don't think so. I'm sure like he's like everybody else. Got married at, what, in those days, 16, 17, 18, 19 years old, right? He's married, has a wife, and they can't have any children. I'm sure he's praying like a, like a praying, like, God, God, come on, you've got to give me a child, you've got to give me a son, you've got to give me a, you know heir to my uh, in everything, and I've got to you know, carry on the family name. And, and after a year or two, he's now he's really stepping up and praying, praying, praying. And after a while, if he's a man of God, if he's faithful, he says, all right, I guess it ain't happening, Lord. I, I'm, I'm sorry that, it, but and, you know, every once in a while he'll pray. At 70, he's not praying. I got to tell you, at 60, he's not praying saying, you got to give us a child. He understands. There's no 60-year-old women running around having babies. He, he's not a stupid man. What, is, what does Gabriel say? God heard your prayer. The prayer, you were praying way back when you were 20. That prayer, 50-year-old prayer, God heard it. And now it's time for God to move out and to bless. Isn't that remarkable? You forgot what you asked for. Did God? No. Is God still working on that? Is his timing perfect? Yeah. I love the fact that, look, uh, when he had taken the book, the four beasts, living ones, right, and the four and twenty elders, fell down before the Lamb. That's you all, having every one of them harps, musical instruments. You really play harps and having, you know, you know like, I'd rather guitar, but that's fine. Uh, it has to do with worship, okay? Uh, Noah uh, going to be a worship leader in heaven? Well, I hope so, but I mean, I think well, everyone could be. And golden vials full of odors, which are the prayers of saints. They're still there. They still exist. I think this is wonderful. I think this is a hallelujah moment. And they sung a new song. Some of you guys don't like new songs. I sing the old songs all the time. Everything's a new song at one point or another. You know, everything's introduced as a song. And we like them. We like new songs. We like old songs. We like all songs. And heaven is a lot of new songs. God likes new. 
All we got to do, I, you know, I think so, I, we, me and Susan were in a church where like this, we're suspicious of anything that wasn't 120 or 30 years old, openly like, you know, you know, uh, Isaac Watts, good, you know, Keith Green, we don't, we don't want any of that. Maranatha, oh, get what, what is that? We get out of here with that stuff. And we had that like all the time. God's like new music. I like new songs. I like new stuff. I like, and because we see new songs all through Scripture, they sang a new song saying, "Thou art worthy to take the book and open the seals thereof." Listen, worship in heaven. Remember last week, casting crowns. It's our capacity to worship Jesus Christ eternally. Thou art, uh, um, they sing a new song, Thou art worthy to take the book and open the seals thereof. Why is he worthy? For thou wast slain. The death of Jesus Christ makes him worthy to open the title deed of the earth. By his blood he has redeemed it. And hast redeemed us to God by thy blood, see, uh, out of every kindred and tongue and people and nation. God loves all his children. There's no, I don't think he plays favorites. There are some really stupid people who think, and it is so stupid, who think one race is superior to another race. Can, can I just suggest this? You're an idiot and you didn't find that in Scripture. Really? You think that all the way through? We all got off the boat with Noah. What color was Noah or his children? You think there's... It's just genetics. That's all it is. And we're... Got what? Better genes or something? That, that is so... Anyway, when God redeems, what does he redeem? Every kindred. That's every family. Every tongue. How many languages are spoken on the earth? In heaven, all those languages are spoken. And we'll understand them all. We converse in all of them and people, and nation, who's missing? That's who God is. That's what he does. And they, and he has made us unto God, kings and priests, that we shall reign on the earth. That verse tells us that the 24 elders are us, redeemed. And that puts the church in heaven before chapter 6, beginning of the tribulation proper. I know some people don't. I, I don't know how else to. And behold, I heard the voice of many angels round about the throne and the beasts, the four living creatures, right? The cher- and we found out last week they were cherubim and the elders. And the number of them was 10,000 times 10,000, 1,000, 1,000. If you do the math, that's a bunch. Myriads is the number. It's 10,000. It's the highest number that John could see. And he multiplies by 10,000. And thousands of thousands. His way of saying, you can't count these. There's a whole lot of them. Um, what, how many people are redeemed? Well, this is the church. All right? Now, when you start folding the Old Testament, you fold in the ones who are saved after the church age. Can you get saved? Trumpet blast, we're all out of here. Can you get saved? Yeah. Yeah. I think one of the greatest... Reapings of the earth will happen after after the rapture. Will you be part of the church? No. That ship is sailed. Will you be redeemed? Yeah. Yeah. Wonderful. Heaven? Yeah. 
Will we be the bride of Christ? No. <laughs> make your move now. I, I'm sorry. I, I didn't make the rules, okay? The church is, a, is, is like everybody who's ever saved is part of the bride of Christ. No, no. That's not scripture. Remember John the Baptist says, uh, uh, they say, who are you? He says, well, I'm the, I'm the friend of the, the bridegroom. In other words, the best man. Is John the bride? No, that's what gives... When, Je, when Jesus says, you know, uh, there's never been a greater man born of woman than John the Baptist. Remember that? And he goes on to say, but he that's least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than him. In other words, you're in an enviable position. You're the bride of Jesus Christ. Is that different from the best man? Oh, yeah. I, there's a difference. I got married, right? Most of you guys, all the guys did. There's a difference between my bride and my best man. I always kept them that difference distinct to the blessing of both of them. Now, I think it was a blessing to be my bride. Well, Suze would tell you that. And, my, and my, my best man, he was happy with not being my bride too. All that, it's all worked out good. That's fine. We, but we're not talking about me. We're talking about Jesus Christ. The church, the bride of Christ. Everyone else saved, redeemed, uh, in Old Testament, Jewish people, the wife, the, bride, the wife of Jehovah, okay, so everyone has their categories, and you're going to be, you, there's salvation, but get on board now, you'll be the bride of Christ. Later on, you get to go to heaven. It's good. That's not bad. You ain't the bride. I, I, I'm just telling you, okay, I didn't make the rules, I'm just telling you what the, what, how it works out. So there's this 10,000 times 10,000, 1,000, the saying with a loud voice, all the all the worship in heaven is loud. It keeps saying loud. There's new songs and loud voices. And everything is like, well, they don't have sound systems or that. Stop. It's loud. It's like, it's, a, it's like, it's like, you know how Maine is? And you know what I mean by this? I don't mean it real bad. You're kind of very reserved. No, you are. You play your cards right here. And if I look at you, I never know what's going on here. Hardly ever. Some of you smile, and some of you are like leaning forward, and some of you are, usually I, was, I, I don't know. I'm not everything. Is he with us? Is he? A, you know, is, I think I, I don't. I, I can't. I can't tell because because how reserved you people are. Well, that's fine. But I was, a, and there's some groups of people that are more effusive in their praise and their mannerisms, and, and there's people who are less. So you know, we're kind of in the middle somewhere. But in heaven. It's loud. It's raucous. It's like we're not we're not waking up the neighbors. We don't care about. They're all here. They're all worshiping, and it's just it's just an event all the time. Worship is. And by the way, we should probably get on board with that now. But now here's your here's your part. This is the, this is the elders, twenty four elders, right? The church, representative of the church. This is you now, saying with a loud voice, "Worthy is the Lamb that was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing." By the way, how many? How many things, how many honors they bestow on this lamb? You can count seven. It's total praise, okay? It's total worship. It's total. Uh, uh, learn, learn the song, all right? Because I don't want you sitting there like, okay, where's the projector and where's the, where's the TV? Where's the? No, you got to learn it. I don't know if the because I don't want you to be a rube in heaven. And people will say, where did he go to church? Where did she go to church? And you'll say, oh, uh, Calvary Chapel of Kennebec Valley. And they'll say, didn't that pastor teach you anything? Now, you got to learn it now. So like, you'll be like so sophisticated. And you'll be, someone else will go to some other church. You'll say, no, this is how you say it. And, this is the, and you can teach them. It'll be really good, right? 
Am I joking? Yeah, a little bit. The language of heaven is worship. Don't wait till you get there to, you know. I've said before, and I say this pretty often, the times when I've felt the most closest to Jesus Christ, some people never do, never enter into that place where they feel like God is talking to them, where God's visiting with them, God's very close. Times I felt the closest to God were times of worship. Why? God inhabits the praises of his people. And some of you are, well, I don't know about it. Okay. I, when, you, when you worship, when you enter in, when you ascribe worth to God, by song or any other means, that's where, where you'll find, that's, his, that's where you enter into his courts with thanksgiving, and you enter into his, 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 his personal space with praise. And you'll find him there. You will. I, I, I don't, what is God like super insecure? He needs our worship? No. <laughs> he don't need anything from us. I think we all know that. But we become most like the ones we worship. Is the world cold and calculating and dog eat dog? Yeah. You want to worship the world, you need to become exactly like that. I see it all the time. So let's keep going. The same with a loud voice. Worthy as lamb was slain received. Power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing and every creature which is in heaven and on earth and under the earth and such as are in the sea and all that are in them heard I saying blessing and honor and glory and power be unto him that sitteth upon the throne unto the Lamb forever and ever. Adam, you tell me that everyone's going to be doing that. I think every creature. I think it even extends past mankind. You say, well, uh, this uh, hello, there's people out there don't believe in God at all. Every tongue shall confess, every knee shall bow. Right? In Ephesians, says, every knee shall bow, every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, the glory of God. Amen. Uh, well, what about, no, 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 no. Every tongue and every knee is pretty all-encompassing. And don't try to, I would just say, now is the time to adopt that pose. It'll be dragged out of you later. I don't know how it's going to work. I just, I'm reading the same verse as you're saying. You're reading. Every creature, verse 13, if you look it up, I think it will, you'll find out it means exactly that, every creature. Every person, well, I think it even extends into the animal kingdom, but certainly every, every person. And uh, Which is in heaven, well, duh, I mean, we're reading that, but that is on earth, the ones who have been left behind. When Jesus takes hold of the scroll, all creation... That's what it says, okay? And I believe it too. Blessing and honor and glory and power be unto him that sitteth upon the throne and unto the Lamb forever and ever. And the four beasts said, Amen. The four cherubim there, living creatures, said Amen. And the four and twenty elders, that's you guys again, fell down and worshipped him that liveth forever and ever. They get to cast their crowns again? Well, they did that in chapter 4, verse 10. So you, once you cast your crown, do you get it back and get it cast again? I don't know how the thing works, okay? I mean, there's a lot of things. You know, I, you know, when we get there, we'll figure it all out, right? But this, looking to heaven again, Jesus is in control. He's redeemed the earth by his blood. He's going to take it unto himself. He's going to, and what's going to happen for us in heaven? Well, we're reading that. What's going to happen to them on earth? Well, next week. And it's not going to be pleasant. I got to tell you something. I, when I talk about the... The tribulation, what's waiting those, it's not pleasant, and I don't relish it. 
But we don't back away from any scriptures here, right? Fools rush in where angels fear to tread. That's the next verse, next verse, and next verse. We don't care because it's all God's word. It's all worthy to be taught. And it's good for doctrine, correction, reproof, all that stuff. But I just want you to understand, my heart is heavy when I think of, because a lot of people who are going to be left behind after the rapture, a lot of them have my name, my same last name. I have an extended family. And... I, as far as I know, I'm the only born-again one. I, I wish it weren't that way, but until which time the trumpet blows, get us out of here, let's just keep proclaiming the gospel. Pre- keep preaching, keep teaching, keep working with people, maybe more and more will come on board all the time. That's all, that's, that's until which time it's illegal, and they'll close us down, and we'll still teach anyway. Um we talked about this when we talk about it again. Let's stand. Let's uh, let's worship God. And Father, we thank you for this, this look into heaven where you reign for your blessed Son who has redeemed us is going to take the scroll and move out in redemption. Lord, there's many who are in harm's way. Many even even checking out online today under the sound of my voice. We pray, Lord, that your spare would work in their hearts to bring them to a place of repentance. I'm not asking anything that's not worthy of a man or woman. Lord, help us to turn from sin, from selfishness, unto the living God. You've created in us a hunger and a thirst for you that won't be satisfied with anything else. Now may the Lord bless thee and keep thee. The Lord make his face shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. The Lord lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee peace. Amen.